Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, we're talking about mental health issues and how they affect your relationships, specifically today, bipolar disorder. We're going to be talking with a husband and wife, a couple that is dealing with bipolar and strengthening their marriage. We'll be talking about that, giving you some tools as well, coming up next on the Matt Townsend Show, right after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Veteran center for the Washington Wizards Jason Collins announced today that he is gay. Collins is the first NBA player to come out openly and the only major professional athlete in the U.S. to reveal his homosexuality so far. A new suspect has been charged for supposedly sending ricin-laced letters to President Obama and a senator. A federal magistrate has denied the Mississippi man bail, saying he is not only a flight risk but a danger to the community. Boeing officials say a piece of aircraft found wedged between two buildings in lower Manhattan last week is from one of the planes used to attack the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. Investigators have not yet determined which plane the piece is from. Lawmakers in Florida have approved a set of measures today to stop inmates from spending decades on death row appealing their trials. Opponents warn the reforms will increase the likelihood innocent people could be executed. Churchgoers were forced to tackle and restrain a man who leaped into a choir area and began stabbing people at a mass service in New Mexico yesterday. Four people were injured in the attack, but none critically. World News, Syria's prime minister has narrowly avoided an assassination attempt, according to state-run media. A bomb set off in a wealthy Damascus neighborhood right next to the prime minister's convoy killed six. Fifty-five people were killed at a film school in Prague today when an explosion collapsed the building's first floor. Authorities say this was most likely a gas explosion, but are still investigating. And the New York Times is reporting tens of millions of dollars have been trickling into Afghan President Hamid Karzai's office, compliments of the CIA. According to the Times, the money is used mainly to pay off warlords and politicians fueling corruption in the nation. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend here, your guide on the side, your coach, doing what we can on this program every weekday to give you some tools, a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. So welcome to the program. Have we got a great topic for you today? What accent is that? I have no idea, like Scottish, Irish, some blend. Uh, I'm thinking Provo. Provo, Utah. (laughs) Home of the Mighty Cougars. We're brought to you live from Brigham Young University. Welcome to the program. Now, here is the deal. Oh, you guys, I've got to fill you in. I had a great, great, great experience a few minutes ago. It was great? Yeah. I'm faking it. Uh, So, as you can tell, not you in Radioland, but I'm sporting some makeup right now. And that's because, uh, no, it's because I was on TV today. So when I'm on TV here locally, no big deal, put on my makeup. Then I went to the DMV. Okay. First time I've ever worn makeup to the DMV. Hmm. And uh, had to renew my license because I'm getting old. So what could be more fun 
than me, the DMV, and about 7,000 people. <laughs> party! That's a party. Party in a box. And um, you know what they made me do? What? That I've never done before. I, have, I, I wear glasses, for those that don't know. I wear glasses. I need glasses to see. Without my glasses, I can't see. Seems pretty self-explanatory. They made me take a picture today for my driver's license without my glasses. So my picture that will now be on my driver's license is without glasses. Ooh. And makeup. And I'm wearing makeup. You know, I bet it will be like the best looking. No. No? It's pretty ugly. <laughs> I've got it. And no one's going to see it till I die. And they have to, they're going to have to rip it out of my dead hand. You will hide that picture. Uh-huh. Well, if it helps at all, you know, my picture on my license, um, I have braces. My, really? Yeah. That's how young I, you uh... are. That was your high school picture. That you you got that when you turned sixteen. Yeah, you know, actually, wow. it's funny. I managed to like not have braces for any of my school pictures except for my license, which has which is permanent and lasts for eight exactly. years. Exactly, <laughs> which I have to have, and it's like me with braces. Like eh. I still have long hair in mine. Do you really? Ooh. Yeah. How old? That was years ago. That was when I was 17. In fact, so you're supposed to, Texas law, you're supposed to get it when you're, you take, have a picture taken when you're 16, when you're 17, and then when you're 18, and then again when you what? turn really? 21 or 20. But they do it so that it can kind of, because you change a lot in well, that period of it's time. It's also because they make a lot more money. I guess. I guess. <laughs> someone has to go to, someone has to keep those DMV people busy. <laughs> totally. So if we only have to show up. Anyway, uh, at 22, 24, they make you, uh, get a new license and get a new. Well, I guess you're supposed to get a new picture, but yeah. you can in Texas. You can get. You can just email in a picture. Oh, really? Or they can just use the one that you have. They'll let you do that once, and the next time you have to go in and get so a picture you could taken. like email in a glamour shot photo. You <laughs> could. Where you got like this big boa. <laughs> so I have. That that I should have cool. gotten it fixed. I should have gotten it fixed twice. No. It but looks no, good. still my sister. Do you have it? Let's pass that. Nah, thing that's around. okay. I'll keep that to myself. We'll put that on the Facebook page at Matt Townsend on Facebook. Just check that out. It's uh, it's it's bad because the, the guy says, um, "Hey, you got to take your glasses off for this picture." I've never had to take my glasses off for a picture, right? Because that's what I wear. And then he's like, "Okay, get up there now. Look at the red. No, look at the blue dot." And you're like, good luck. <laughs> so I'm squinting, looking for the blue dot. Got a little grimace, and he's got it. <laughs> and I could have fought it, but then I'm like, I still couldn't see the blue dot. <laughs> so do you go back? No. 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 It's just, I guess, if I get arrested, that's the picture that like, I'll have I on promise record. it's me. I promise. <laughs> oh, man. Or, you know, just, like- Well, just- Keep that face that you made in mind. And then when yeah. they're like, oh, who's that? And you're like, hold on, guys, hold on. Take off the glasses. <laughs> this is Make Matt. the grimace. You seem darker in this picture. It's because I'm wearing makeup. <laughs> I'm sporting some makeup. <laughs> some base. <laughs> or whatever there I've got. Go. Uh, so anyway, that was my afternoon. And it only took an hour. Only an hour. Can I tell you another thing that I think is the problem? They're weeding us out. because. <laughs> so I have a doctorate, and I couldn't do the paperwork at the DMV. <laughs> It was hard. Like, you had to really focus. Wait, hold on, hold on. But on the paperwork, were you able to write in several spots, doctor? No, yeah, there's nowhere to write. No, nowhere. You can even enjoy the doctorhood. I mean, it's like a useless thing. (laughs) You get it and all, but you can't. Where do you put it? We put it on our, my daughter's wedding invitation. (laughs) Wait, really? I didn't. They did. Oh, they did. I think they're doing that because they think that will pay the bill. (laughs) 
when they don't realize that you already have. Yeah, I'm, so, so I'm paying two bills: the, the doctor bill to get the doctorate, and I'm paying the bill to get the, my daughter married. Adulthood mm. sounds so fun. You know what? You guys are gonna love it. <laughs> I like how we talk like we're not adults, but everyone in here. No, is I guess like 18. when you're parents <laughs> and you guys are old like me, you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay. That sounds kind of menacing. Well, somebody's just like drinking chocolate milk. At my age, you don't just drink chocolate milk. No. Okay. You eat like you. Your my chocolate milk would be a little shake. I can't remember that is just full of protein to get the old man through the day. Oh, like protein shake. Like, like what's it called? But mu- no, it's like, like muscle milk. milk. It's the senior milk that they drink to get the muscles. Oh, Benefiber? I don't know. Yeah, or something like Carnation. that. Metamucil. Just... Metamucilix. Metamucil. And you are. Um, no, you're drinking real milk. reduced fat chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't drink that. That would make me sick. Really? Mm-hmm. Water. <laughs> Water. Pretty much all I got left. Water. There you go. It's when you know that you've hit. When you're old. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. You're not no, old. No, man. I'm old. No, I am. I went on a walk with my wife and um, sweating my head off. Hmm. And we stop at somebody's house and we're sitting there and she grabs my neck and it's a sweaty mess. And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It should work out more, Matt. Thanks, mom. <laughs> there That's you go. so it's, rude. It's healthy for you. Whatever. We got a great show for you today. <laughs> today we got a great show because we're dealing with mental health issues. And it's a huge deal. And our guest today is amazing because he himself is suffering from bipolar and his wife knew it before they got married. Boom. And she chose to be a part of it. And guess what? They're doing well. But they're going to tell us their story about how you make it through a mental health issue. Because it's not easy. I had a person come in my office recently, and she herself has a major anxiety, and and she's about to get married and is scared to death. So she has anxiety about her anxiety while she's getting married? Uh, she loves the guy. She thinks he's great. She knows he's right. He's the one, and she feels major anxiety. What do you do? What do you do? Well, I don't know. Bryce, you've got no answer. Oh, I... I'm- I am not uh, an expert on generalized anxiety So what do you do when you love somebody and you've got generalized anxiety? Change your – get a bad DMV photo. (laughs) Use that to change your identity. Okay? That's not a bad idea. Run off into the wilderness. Problem solved. She – but then she knows he's great. And then, um, you know, what do you do? What do you do when you find out your partner has multiple sclerosis? I have a client that the in their you know medic their exams that you get before you get married um, found out that he has MS. Do you marry him? Well, that's actually the. Do you really like him? That's that. Isn't moment. that a big deal? Do you really like him? So honestly, and guess what? I mean, you want to bet? What do you do when somebody gets cancer? And if you really like him, you'll stick around. We have to stick around. Isn't that what the vows are about? Hello. But you know what? Some people are like. Eh. Not so like, much. Like, man, this seems inconvenient. I didn't mm. know it would happen before we were married, <laughs> through thick and through thin. Sky, what are you looking at? I was just looking at your well makeup face <laughs> as you were talking. Yeah, I got to take that off. <laughs> but yeah. looks good. You wouldn't even have noticed if I didn't say anything. No, I really can't notice at all. I can tell because I sweat um, makeup. <laughs> I got makeup sweat. So you're constantly wearing makeup. Yeah, good point. I've actually got neck makeup on because it <laughs> rolls down into the neck when you're sweating. Oh, goodness. 
Sounds gross, but it's just real. So here's the deal. Great show. We're dealing with mental health issues. We're bringing on this wonderful couple that's going to help us. Our own Bryce Tobin has got a rant. And uh, the rant, I'm sure, it's it's a healthy rant about how to deal with what, Bryce? With bipolar disorder. Yep. Good stuff. And uh, <laughs> that I mean, was the most awkward thing. But that, it's a good rant. It's not really a rant. It's probably a eh. rumination. No, it's not a rumination. It's, it's not. definitely, eh, it's a soft rant. How's that? It's a soft rant. It's gentle. That's good because, see, sometimes they're hard rants. Oh, yeah. Those but, are the fun ones. But this is an important issue, too, because we don't also want to just go labeling people, right? We don't want to just plug somebody and label them, right? That would be unwise. Totally unwise. Okay. What else have we got for the show, Milk Lady? She's right about to drink her chocolate milk, and I said, hey, what else have we got, Madison? Oh, funny. So, you know, I was just kind of thinking with the bipolar issue and um, sometimes how, like, there are some things that can stem from it that you wouldn't quite expect that are rather positive things. Um, first thing that came to my mind was Beautiful Mind, the movie yes. where the man who has schizophrenia, you know, he's able to do all those amazing things. John Even, Nash? Was that his name? Uh, it was John Nash. Yes. Yes, I loved that movie. I mean, it was weird just because you're, you're you, you like, what's real? It's, it's strange yeah. to think of Russell Crowe as smart, but... <laughs> It took me a while to get over that, but it's but it took, it took it was like a three hour movie, so you know a third of the way in, I was okay with it, I guess. Okay, and so that's good. Well, at least you came clean, in front of everybody. <laughs> well, okay, but you see, like that, he said that that his schizophrenia helped him create all this, mm-hmm. that helped him achieve all his greatness. So I was thinking, well, what are some people that have done great things that have bipolar disorder? Yes, since that's what our okay. guest has today. So, so it's, I mean, again, it's a fact of life. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to have mood disorders or personality disorders. Yep. It's not going away. So but apparently pe- some have made it big. Yeah. These people kind of turned it into an art. There's a rather obvious one, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, there's something wrong. He with had bipolar? Yes. And I'm sure some other things, but mainly, yeah. or. Okay. So that's one not here. one that went so well. Yeah. But there's better. Charles Dickens. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, Great Expectations. That was a great letdown for me. So. Interesting. <laughs> no, I'm Charles on that boat Dickens. too. Great yeah. Expectations, more like lowered expectations. Yeah, yeah. like much. that book was terrible. <laughs> no, absolutely awful. Well, I'm not know, like that. At it's all. amazing he got it done. It's, it is <laughs> good. What else? Who else? But, yeah, um, some of the authors are like Ernst, Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. I you know, know that. Man I knew the sea. that one. Um, Jack London, Call of the Wild, White Fang. You know, mm-hmm. great guy. Virginia Woolf. Yeah, other depressing things. Um, then some actors. One that I guess other people knew about, I didn't, but Mel Gibson. Well, and the, you see, we may not have known, but we kind of knew because he's in the news and he's been pretty erratic lately. Yeah. But again, think of his entire work life. He's done a lot of amazing work mm-hmm. without anybody probably knowing much unless, I guess, you were around Mel. Well, he yeah. did the uh, Road Warrior movies. He wasn't even out of films like i think he had just started he'd done like a semester or two mm-hmm. and then someone was like hey we need to do this movie about post-apocalyptic gasoline and cars and stuff and then they just he just jumped in and apparently he knocked it out of the park yeah totally yeah well I so mean, imagine you have bipolar you don't want to just be done with life exactly you go and you take on yeah your art that's and then, cool uh, some of their famous actresses marilyn monroe Okay. 
and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Really? Yeah. I think that is fascinating. Oh, Sky, like, why are you starting to Google? Oh, just because of how Matt said really. It reminded me of a... <laughs> Ace Ventura. Really? <laughs> Did it now. Which, speaking of bipolar, uh, Jim Carrey, he has, I don't know if he's diagnosed bipolar, but he, he's got some, stuff. He's it, got some ups and downs. It's popped you, up, but, I, yeah. but there wasn't anything like that I was able to find. Maybe but, he is. Maybe but don't not. you think that it's, I mean, to some, that's got to be their genius. I mean, you know, some of these guys have major anxieties. You know, they have major depression. I mean, there's a lot of these people doing, not them, but a lot of entertainers have probably these great gifts, and it's probably tied to some of their disorders. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what makes them kind of genius. I mean, when you see half of these comedians, like on a night, a late night show, you're wondering, what's the deal? That's and, like a lot of and energy. When they, when they tell their stories or they make their jokes, <laughs> I'm not one for self-deprecating humor. I think that's pretty cheap yeah. stuff. But sometimes I'll tell stories, and the only reason we laugh is because it's an awful story, but it's worse than what's going on with us yeah. right now. It's so you're true. like, ha ooh, ooh, I'm so lucky. Ah, <laughs> it's true. So, I mean, so again, if you're out there, mental health issues, they're real. Hello. And uh, one of the things we're going to try to show today on the, and, and talk about on the show today is it's, you know, great, great people have these issues and you can still create a pretty powerful life. Um, do you like the music of Frank Sinatra? Yeah. He had it. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Didn't he date Marilyn Monroe? No. Did who, Frank? Di- who didn't he date? Who didn't Marilyn Monroe? He dated everyone and everyone wanted to date him. That and was, same thing with Marilyn. So, you know. so that's part of the Rat Pack. That whole group, they were all over the place. But, Frank yeah. Sinatra. Then a ton of musicians, like early ones like Beethoven and Schumann, okay. those composers. Sure. And then I'm just going to name some bands. Let's hear some. Lead singers of McFly, Blue October, drummer in Red Hot Chili Peppers and Pearl Jam, Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses, Kurt Cobain from Nirvana, and may she rest in peace, Amy Winehouse. Oh, my heavens. And Kurt Cobain. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Interesting. See, it's a battle, isn't it? So it's something everyone's facing, and the more we understand it, the better off I think we all are going to be. I mean, think of all the things in the news, all of the stories. Um, Oh, Florence Nightingale. Yeah, I mean, when you were talking about all the people in the news, talk about heroes. She was a hero, and (sighs) she had bipolar disorder. Okay, there's heroes in the world. We're going to be talking to a couple of them. Uh, We're going to be bringing on some guests in a little while. Wonderful examples of how to deal with your mental health issues and uh, make the best of your life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. We'll give you the dirt on a breakthrough nanoscale coating that could save some of your trips to the dry cleaners. This is Innovation Now. Bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. An innovation in coatings from the University of Michigan may cause dry cleaners to take early retirement. Any liquid you can think of, blood, sweat, acid, will just roll right off of a fabric coated with this stuff. And the potential applications go beyond just stain-resistant clothes. The Michigan team, working with support from the Air Force Research Laboratory, created a mix of a type of plastic rubber and nanoscale mineral cubes, which are deposited using a technique called electrospinning. The material creates tiny air pockets smaller than the smallest drop of liquid, so the liquid floats on air and only touches 1% of the actual material. Electrostatic forces at this scale are too strong for a stain drop to overcome, 
so it just rolls off. If you're not impressed, here's a few potential products this coating can make. Smudge-proof glass for device screens. Super slick boat hulls that go fast and never have barnacles to scrape off, ever. Cars and windows you never need to wash. Antimicrobial surfaces no germ can stick to. Stainless toilets that work on only one cup of water per flush. And cookware that can't stick. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Isn't it time for a little good on your Twitter feed? Follow us at BYU Radio to stay connected with BYU Radio hosts, to keep updated about your favorite shows, and to stay current on Cougar sports. Just follow BYU Radio on Twitter and keep talking about good. And thanks for listening to us here at BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Today, we got a great topic for you. We are talking about mental health issues and how they impact your marriage, your life. Uh, today, especially, we're, we're focusing in on bipolar disorder, and uh, we're going to be bringing on a couple after the next uh, break. Um, Andy and Soraya Hogan are going to be joining us. Uh, Andy's just written a recent book. And um, he's going to walk us through his story of dealing with this issue. Um, it really, you know, we all have a challenge. We all have, we all have stuff we got to deal with. And it just so happens that Andy's is bipolar. And I really am excited too to have Soraya on the show because you know, you know, in a very, very big way, she's dealing with it in many regards much more maybe than he is because he's at least medicating getting therapy, understanding it, reading it, doing everything he can do. She, on the other hand, um, just a lot of times just gets to end up taking it and figuring out how she can deal with it. So it'll be fun to talk to her, interesting to talk to her as well. Before we do, though, we like to go to our own little uh, Bryce Tobin here. You know, Bryce has some thoughts about bipolar disorder that he would just love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is Right. Bipolar disorder is weird. Some psychological disorders are convenient to diagnose like aphasia, where you can't form words, or a stroke that hits certain areas and causes specific problems. Stuff like that, you either have it or you don't. But over time, we've found that some disorders exist on a spectrum, and then bipolar itself is a spectrum. So it's a spectrum within a spectrum? And let's not forget that most problems we have move us away from whatever we consider to be normal. Let's take the flu, for example. Nobody likes the flu. We go from feeling good to complete and utter suffering for a few days. That drop below normal is your first clue that something is wrong. Then if we survive, we go back to normal. This is your clue that the problem is solved. Simple, right? So imagine a different scenario, if you will. Let's say you got the flu and had all the bad symptoms you'd expect. And then once they disappear, you suddenly have energy all day long. Your vision is improved. Your breath is always fresh. Your cuts and scratches heal in less than a day. From an outsider's perspective, they would say you're either a reptile or you've reached a new apex of human health. But in this scenario, you still have the flu. And even though everything is going great and you decide to take multiple shifts at work because you have all this energy, the flu is going to bring you back down. This is what bipolar does, except with your mind. You go from bad to normal to great and sometimes to normal and sometimes to bad 
bad or you can just stay great for a while. Two of your three states are not likely to get a diagnosis. And then the timing of the switch is random, so is the length of time you spend in your highs and lows, so getting a diagnosis can be a bit of a shot in the dark. And the age of onset is another problem. Bipolar disorder is rare before teenage years, but with teenagers, doctors, at least the good ones, are hesitant to slap on a bipolar diagnosis because that can be a tumultuous time to be human. Mood swings are common, all the circumstances in your life are changing, and it's hard to get a handle on things. But early adulthood is where a lot of people get their bipolar diagnosis. And this is just me, but I think part of it is that they're grown up, their life is a little more settled, and if they're still swinging back and forth, probably means something isn't right. And my last reasoning why bipolar is weird is because there really isn't a cure. The plan of action is control. Your best hope is that as people get older, their symptoms of bipolar disorder tend to decrease, but you're never really freed from it. There's a lot of ways to control it, like therapy, drugs, or maybe just a friend to pick you up when you're feeling down and reel you in when you're feeling a little too good about everything. It's controllable, but it sure is weird. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Welcome back, Bryce Tobin. Uh, It is, it's, it's an interesting disorder in that, and that's why I'm so excited to have these guests on. It's um, nobody gets it, so everybody kind of throws out there. Oh man, she's so bipolar. Which you like? That's low blood sugar. Like that's yeah. not bipolar. Yeah, that's, that's just different. You're grumpy. Uh huh. Now you, everyone needs to know you're getting a degree in psychology. I am, and hopefully, hopefully. I mean, oh, we're yeah, pretty sure. Let's not jump ahead let's, six months. You know, <laughs> let's you know. slow down till you get it. Just kidding. Um, so now, are you going to stay in this psychology field? Now that you've studied so much, you know a lot even about bipolar and all the, a lot of other issues and disorders. Is this something you're interested in? Uh, clinical psychology? Uh-huh. No. it's. Uh, I worked at the psych hospital. It's called the state hospital uh-huh. here. Um, I worked there for a little while, and while those people do wonderful work, it takes a different kind of person to do that than me, and I am not that kind of person. You don't want to go it there. It is a little too heartbreaking there. Yeah, it's that's kind because of, that's a lot more permanent. Yeah. But, again, they're just people. Right? Right. And so this is why we really have to figure out a healthy way to live um, with some of these things. Our guest that we're going to be bringing on after this break, uh, I'm excited for you, Bryce, to meet him as well, because... Really, he's, to me, a hero. It would be so easy to just give up life, you know, and just go hide and just go underdevelop yourself and undercommit and not, and just hide. I mean, if you've been, if you've been where our guest today has been, Andy Hogan um, is an author, he, and you can find out anything you want. So if you're out there driving around and you know you have a family member that looks like they might be bipolar, a great place to go is bearcanyonpress.com, and that's the website where you can get all the information about our guest that's coming up. Um, but he'll give you some insight. And really, the neatest thing, I think, about Andy and his wife, Soraya, is the simple fact that they're going to also be bringing you some hope. There is hope, and the hope isn't always in the diagnosis. The hope is, I guess, what we do after the diagnosis. I've talked to him before on the radio, and one of the things that uh, became very clear to me after the last time we met, is um, the fact that this isn't something that they just deal with daily. This is something they deal with hourly, and uh, every day is different, and every moment is different. And so we are going to be um, joined after this break by Andy and Soraya Hogan talking about mental health issues. And again, 
I don't want to. I don't want to just do this so we can keep stereotyping people. But I do want us to start figuring out what's going on with the people around us. We just can't let people keep going that are struggling with issues of bipolar. I want you to know the signs. I want you to know some of the symptoms and hopefully to know some of the solutions of what you can do with it. We're going to be joined by Andy Hogan and Soraya Hogan right after this break on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Here's a show for you deep thinkers, seekers of new ideas and constant learners. It's called Thinking Aloud. You can join host Marcus Smith to hear thoughtful interviews from guests. And with each new show, you can leave more inspired, enlightened, and educated. Tune in weekdays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern and 8.30 p.m. Eastern for Thinking Aloud. Here on 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Veteran center for the Washington Wizards, Jason Collins, became the first major U.S. athlete to come out as gay today. Collins says he wants to live truthfully after the Boston Marathon bombing showed him things can change in an instant. A new suspect has been charged for supposedly sending ricin-laced letters to President Obama and a senator. A federal magistrate has denied the Mississippi man bail, saying he's not only a flight risk, but a danger to the community. Well over a decade after the September 11th attacks on the Twin Towers in New York City, Boeing officials are confirming a piece of one of the planes used in the attack has been found in a narrow alley. Investigators are now trying to figure out just how the part got there. Lawmakers in Florida have approved a set of measures today to stop inmates from spending decades on death row appealing their trials. Opponents warn the reforms will increase the likelihood innocent people could be executed. Churchgoers were forced to tackle and restrain a man who leaped into a choir area and began stabbing people at a mass service in New Mexico yesterday. Four people were injured in the attack, but none critically. In world news, Syria's prime minister has narrowly avoided death after a bomb was set off right next to his convoy in a wealthy Damascus neighborhood. Six people were killed in the blast, according to state-run media. Fifty-five people were injured at a film school in Prague today when an explosion collapsed the building's first floor. Authorities say this was most likely a gas explosion, but are still investigating. And the New York Times is reporting tens of millions of dollars have been trickling into Afghan President Hamid Karzai's office, compliments of the CIA. According to the Times, the money is mainly used to pay off warlords and politicians, fueling corruption in the nation. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio, and uh, today we've got a very special guest. In studio, our good friends uh, Andy and Soraya Hogan. Uh, Seriously, I had a chance to meet you, do an interview with you, what was it, a month, two months ago? About a month ago. Fantastic. And I said, okay, we've got to get you on this BYU show, because here's the deal. Um, Regular folk... Smart, hardworking, industrious. <laughs> Parents you. of how many? Two children. Two, two teenagers. Kids. Oh, see, okay. So they've got incredible patience 
and learning, long suffering. <laughs> and here they sit with me um, and come to find out Andy's got a, a, a disorder. Right. Bipolar disorder. Chronic type 1 bipolar disorder. Okay. In fact, that's what I want you to do is get really clear with what bipolar is, what bipolar isn't. And the reason I want you on the show is there's going to be tons of people listening who know people that are manifesting signs like you've shown. And Soraya, we want to hear from you because it's one thing to just – it's one thing to have, for example, you know, Andy, you know, you married him, you love him. Okay, I'll put up with this. But you're more than – you're kind of – you're taking it on. Like you're – you guys are thriving the best I – and mean, you're doing the best you two can. Right. We have our moments, but yeah, yeah we're, I mean, we're I don't doing want, it. We no love each wants, other. Yeah, and no one wants you to feel like you have to be perfect with this. But this is a big deal. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, bipolar disorder is a big deal. It's, it's a, a disorder that essentially affects every aspect of your life. It's, it's not something that you, well, today I feel like I'll have this and tomorrow I won't. It's always there and it's always a part of your life. Every minute of every day, there's a potential that it's going to manifest one way or another. That's right. Or it is manifesting. It is all way. the time. I, I mean, I'm either manic or depressed. Okay, so manic <laughs> meaning positive high. Right. En- right. Enthusiastic, feeling passion, feeling, feeling energy, feeling motivation. Mm-hmm. Or the opposite. Don't feel like doing anything. Feel like just laying there sleeping. Don't feel like talking. Don't feel like discussing how I'm feeling. That's depression. See, and that's every day, all day long, swinging one way or the other. Yep. Yep. For me, it's for me that I mean, the, it's medicated and it's controlled now. So I know when it's happening and I okay. know what's happening and I know the mornings I'm depressed. Morning. So you actually kind of swing by day. Yeah. Which Morning's I don't harder. think is as common. Every day. Is it really? It's so he's down. Day. He's swinging down in the morning and trying to swing up. So is, at night, is he more manic and up and pumped? And yeah, he's up every night. We we say goodbye about ele- or say goodnight about eleven o'clock. And, and he's going at it. They go to bed and I start my day. Hours. It's too bad you can't have him mow the lawn at eleven at yeah, night. Yeah, no kidding. If the neighbors wouldn't complain. <laughs> Actually, right? sometimes I do. Yeah, you're like get him to turn that off. We That's get right. after him after ten thirty though. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to tone it down. <laughs> But it's but it's and we laugh and yet the, what I love about you guys is there's thousands of people out there that have this and then you know we it, people get branded as psycho and freaks and crazy right and the reality is is you know this is there could be cancer there could be there could be any other phys- I mean you could have you could have kidney failure right and it's just as random as this yeah what I learned as as I've done talks like this and and tried to help people understand exactly what bipolar disorder is, is there, there are cells in our brain, and the way that we feel what we feel is those cells create chemicals, and that's how they talk to each other, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's how they send the messages of you see something pretty, you feel that feeling that says, yeah, that's beautiful, yeah. or something exciting happens, you feel. It's, it's a feeling, and th- that feeling comes from those chemicals in your brain communicating with each other, mm-hmm. bringing what you see, what you sense, what you hear, and then pr- producing that feeling. Well, in my brain, the chemicals they produce are either too much, not enough. Oh, interesting. Or um, after the cells produce these chemicals, they 
kind of suck them back in, so to speak, not, yeah. not speaking yeah. medically, but they, they retract those chemicals. And in some people, and I don't know which is the case with me, but sometimes they don't retract correctly. So when you hear people say it's a chemical imbalance, that's literally it what literally it is. It literally is. The chemistry's not working right. Too much, too little, or kind of not or right, too not long. timed right. Yeah. Not timed right, yeah. And so um, to say, well, this person is choosing to feel this way. Yeah, right. It's it's like saying, well, this diabetic is choosing to be diabetic. Yeah. You know, it's a literal, Focus. it's a medical, a medical condition yeah. that, uh, and, and, you know, and that's the message that we're trying to get out is, is understanding what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because when you understand that, then you can start to recognize, okay, I feel this way, but maybe the situation isn't so bad. Yeah. I feel depressed, but maybe my life is actually pretty good. Well, so it seems like actually knowing that you've been diagnosed with this is a huge um, advance. So there's all these people out there that don't know this. They right. don't know. They don't know they have it. Right. So they just think they're crazy, or it's not working, or something's wrong. They're always moved. I mean, it's imagine how lonely that you know how lonely that must be when nobody gets it. Yeah. And you don't even get yourself. Yeah. Well, you have what I call surface symptoms. Hmm. You have those things that manifest themselves. Uh, maybe it's irritability. Yeah. And you don't realize, okay, I'm irritable because my body is trying to understand this depress this depression. What's really happening is depression, but it comes out as irritability. So maybe Soraya would say early on, and I, she would try to talk me through it, and I'd be really irritable, and I'd be critical of her. I'd be yeah. snapping at her. Yeah. And it took years to realize, wait a minute, this is a reaction. This is a surface symptom of my depression. My body is feeling depressed, and the irritability is coming out. And so mm. those surface symptoms are so hard to detect if you don't realize this is illness we're dealing with, not the situation yeah. of what's happening. It's not like you're not controlling your irritability, and you're just an honorary jerk it's just not a not a personality flaw yes deeper was that that hard to learn yeah i mean and is it still do you still get caught up in it yes on occasion and it's usually when i'm caught up in it and i start to get frustrated with myself and like i must not be good enough because he keeps putting me down exactly or honey you know if you were to do this i have an idea for you this is the best way that we could handle our kids or handle this situation and you know, it's when we start to, when I start to feel inadequate mm-hmm. to him is when I kind of go, oh, wait a minute. Okay, we need to discuss meds here for a minute. And you so. just, you just come straight out and say, now we do. We're not, we're not balanced <laughs> right now. What do you say? Right. Do you have a phrase that you say? No, I just say, Andy, what do you think? I, a lot of times you know, she, she knows just to, just to let it cycle because she knows if I'm high. That's amazing. Just, Character. Just by, by nature, it's mm-hmm. bipolar. It cycles. And so I'm going to come down off that high. Like if I'm talking to her at 1 a.m. and I'm just talk, 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 and she wants to sleep. She's dead tired. And, and she's, she she's learning. She drill. Shake <laughs> this baby. No, I just kind of put my hand on his shoulder and yeah. say, that's nice, honey. No. Okay, there, there. <laughs> it's, time, it's time for me to go to bed. Obviously, yeah. that's interesting. See, it really is – it takes a special person, it sounds like, to actually be a part of this. Well, I think it takes two. I mean, well, no, it is. I guess it's true, huh? Because mm-hmm. you have to deal with it every day, right? And you have to deal with it on the other end, right? And it's in a weird way, it's um, it's kind of the same either way. I mean, it's 
it's just on the inside and the outside of the window, but you're you're looking in. So some of your control is less, Soraya. You can't, but then your control is limited anyway when you're dealing with it too. A lot of this is just noticing this pattern running by you, recognizing right. what it is. I think is so key because for so many years, you know, we would have these discussions, and the manic feeling that I get is this has to be resolved right now. Yeah. I mean, this feeling is not going to go away, this obsessive thinking that comes with it. I can't let this go until we resolve it. And so, sir, I, bless her heart, you know, we'd be, we'd be talking and talking and talking and, and just going in circles and circles. And uh-huh. Soraya would say that, you know, we're just talking in circles. Let's... Let's uh, rest. Actually, what she says is, I'm falling asleep. <laughs> Do you have something that, else you, know, you could uh, work on to try and help him just change My wife change, says that all the time years. to me. Maybe I've got a little issue here. Well, and that's, that's another thing to remember is everybody has highs and yeah. everybody has lows. Right. And that's, that's part of the reason it's so difficult to diagnose because people, I mean, you feel, you feel good about things and you feel depressed when, when we have hard times in our life. And so recognizing when it goes beyond normal, when it goes to that point of, okay, this is not normal emotion. This is extreme. Yeah. This this is illness. And it seems powerful once you kind of can hold it outside of you. It's not you. This isn't you. This right. isn't who you are. This isn't – the irony is there's got to be glimpses of the in, – in the moments where you actually catch a glimpse of the real you, like who you might be without this disorder. Do you see that? Yeah. I mean, and that yeah. must be like yeah. a really exciting thought. Well, and you know, a way that I've seen that is by meeting other people who have bipolar disorder. Um, recently, I, I went to Taiwan on a, on a music tour with a popular musician, and I was his interpreter. And he had bipolar disorder. He has bipolar disorder. And it was so interesting <laughs> that this person who was very successful, very... I mean, he's he's the man yeah. in LDS pop pop music, and he had depression two weeks before a, a depressive attack two weeks before we were to go on this tour. Oh wow! And he was so down that he couldn't function. And he and he sent me a couple emails that said, "Do they do they want me? Am I good enough? You know." And this is a guy that's really who has sold notch. over a million CDs, and that depression is so strong oh. that he still feels. You know, when depression hits him, he can still He's feel crowded. I'm not good enough, hmm. and that that helped me to say, okay, this guy is awesome, mm-hmm. and yet depression is so powerful it makes him think this way. So maybe I'm okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> and depression is making me think that way. Isn't that you know what what a what a what a trial? Yeah, and yet it's you. It's it is what it is. It's not like you can choose it, and it's not like it's going away. And you can only do the best you can with it. And then tomorrow's just another day. And tomorrow, no matter how good I'm feeling the night before, and how motivated yeah. and pumped, it's, and you got a plan, it's, and it's in your planner. It yeah. doesn't matter, does it? It's gone in the morning. It, it's so weird. It's just like all of that emotion, all of that passion, the love. I I always tell myself I'm feeling the love. I must be manic <laughs> because when I'm depressed, there's it's like. Blah! It's like yeah. nothing's there, and it's just gone. It's well, and that's got to be no. And you, who would want to go to bed with that? So if you know tomorrow's going to be a restart, yeah, and that's just like, ride it, ride those horses all night long. And that's why I have the problem with sleep. That I that's the one portion of this disorder that I still don't have under control yeah. because you just don't want to go to bed. No, no, but the world gets up in the morning, and if you don't, then you miss a lot of the, what goes on in the world. Do you ever wake up, uh, Soraya, amazed at what he did the night? 
when he went to bed. When you went to bed, <laughs> he, you wake up and the house has been painted. And No, actually, he spends his time in his office. Does he? Writing, doing But are you ever like amazed that like, wow, you got a lot done. Yeah, he does. He does um, a lot of our family journaling. He makes videos of- Does he really? And, you know, creates little family videos of our trips and things like that. And, you know, we'll go on a trip somewhere and he'll get busy. And, you know, within a few days, he's cranked out this awesome DVD of our family trip. And I'm like, wow, you <laughs> were busy amazing. last night. <laughs> but again, too, we were talking earlier about there's a lot of artists that have this, a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people have it. So you can, I guess- you, I guess you just ride the highs, you yeah. suffer through the lows, and you just try to – you just live with it. Try to make the best of that creative energy when I have it mm-hmm. and when I'm feeling it. And Powerful. And depression when it's there. You know, I, I know people. I have a friend who tells me he's he's close to suicide, and he's, he keeps telling me, I'm waiting for that mania. You know, and yeah. it never comes it's because like it's a, always the wait, depression. Yeah. Oh, my heavens. So – See, and think yeah. of that, though, in a weird way, too. Just being always depressed. So the, the benefit of bipolar is... You get the high. There's going to be a high. Just you get hang the high. on. Yeah. Hang on. It'll we, come. We actually had a therapist once who said, you're, you're bipolar. When I told her I was bipolar, that's the first thing I always say uh, when, we, when we have these counseling sessions. And she says, well, you get to feel things that we that normal people don't you get to feel yeah. more extreme right. in emotion i never thought of that as well, a blessing legally right i mean because you can <laughs> right. illegally do it yeah yours is legal moral right. and ethical you're just as long your head. as long as it's under control yeah. i mean it, yeah. if it gets beyond mania and gets into psychosis which it's happened with yeah. me, then it's not fun it's, trouble. It, then, then it's, it's then it's then it's life and, life destroying and um Let's come back. I want you to come back and, and maybe tell us quickly about how you found out about it. Because to me, that's an interesting story. Okay. And Soraya's found out about it, too, before she even knew you. Okay. We'll you tell were like the story. a legend. <laughs> Not in a good <laughs> a way. A legend <laughs> in a bad way. Uh, we are t- <laughs> that is so sad. But good. We're talking with Andy and Soraya Hogan. Now, Andy's an author. And really, you got to go to BearCanyonPress.com. BearCanyonPress.com. You can see his blogs, his information about his books. He's written a bunch of different books and ideas. Today we're going to come back and also talk about Andy's five steps to a more peaceful life with uh, bipolar. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Cassini Probe unveils a mystery in the sandy craters of Titan. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. When is a moon totally unmoonlike? When it's Titan, one of the moons of Saturn. Titan is huge, about twice as big as Earth's moon. It's the only moon in our solar system we know of that has an atmosphere. And what an atmosphere it is! A smoggy orange haze of hydrocarbons that rains liquid methane into tarry lakes of primitive gasoline. The surface geology isn't what you'd expect either. It seems there's been a lot of erosion filling in the terrain, so craters are scarce. But is it erosion filling in the craters, or something more exotic? Between radar surveys and information from the Cassini-Huygens probe, the Cassini team at NASA Goddard thinks that methane in the atmosphere rains down, infuses particles of dust into a sandy material that gathers into the craters. That stuff should evaporate away, revealing the craters, but the NASA team theorizes that Titan might somehow be renewing its methane supply. Since methane's a greenhouse gas, how it's produced and regulated is of keen interest for understanding our own climate. 
and not turning it into one like ugh, Titans. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Here at BYU Radio, we want to create shows that connect with you. So if you're listening to one of our talk shows and hear something that resonates, call us. We want to hear your questions, opinions, and stories. Our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We would love to hear from you. Again, our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Call in and share. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking with Andy and Soraya Hogan. And uh, special story here, Andy has chronic type 1 bipolar disorder. Uh, Soraya is married to that cute little hunk of burn and love. And together they are making it through life, trying day by day, minute by minute, figuring out how to manage this bipolar disorder. Um, you can go to um, their website. Andy has a website um, called bearcanyonpress.com. He's also published three books on bipolar disorder. One is called Bipolar Disorder um, in Truth, Into My Manic Mind, and the third one is Bipolar Disorder, Five Steps to a More Peaceful Life. Guys, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. welcome. We're so happy to be here. Thank you well, for having and I, us. Well, and I really love that you're talking about it because it's real. And yeah. you were calling it the monkey on the back. Everyone has a monkey on the back. Monkey on the back. And if this is your monkey, this is your monkey. You know, right. you didn't choose it. You didn't want it. We could blame your parents or your grandparents <laughs> or whoever brought it to you. Right. But the reality is we've all got a monkey. You've just chosen to realize there's a monkey there and start, you know, doing what you can when you got a monkey on your back. That's right. Uh-huh. But there's a ton of people walking around with monkeys and they're like, they have no idea. They and- just know their back hurts. That's right. And the monkey's screaming in their ear. And a lot of times other people can see the monkey, yeah. but the person with the monkey can't, can't, see, can't monkey. see it. And, you know, something I, that I like to share is that there's no shame in having this disorder. Right. You know, there's, a, there's still it's, – it's getting better. Yeah. It's getting better. But there's still a stigma of, you know, psycho, freak, yeah. freakazoid, whatever. Ma- mental illness has this stigma. And so people still – need to learn that it's okay to say, hey, I have mental illness. So yeah. what? You yeah. know, it's a monkey on my back and everyone else has monkey. Well, that's on why back. I like monkey on the back. The minute you call it a mental, even a mental issue, a mental or a personality disorder or a mental health issue, mental has its own stigma. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh. He's mental. He's mental. Or, um, yeah, you have a mood disorder. Oh, mood. So it's almost like monkey is the – you need to go right. That's your book. That's your metaphor. <laughs> oh, boy. That's yep. going to be good. Check out, check out uh, Bear Canyon Press in a, in a couple weeks, and uh, I'm actually making a YouTube video right that will now. feature that thought. Monkey on I, your back. I, I Seriously, I think you're helping a lot. Tell us about how you found out because to me this is a this – is, this, is this is a harrowing story. This is a scary moment. This is kind of the bottom of the bottom. Yeah. Well, I I knew it was in my family because my mother had a breakdown when I was uh, in my early teens. But at that time, there was very little talk about Mm -hmm. what was going on with mom. And I don't think really she understood or my dad understood. But we knew there was something there. I mean, it was was a full psychotic break. And so obviously something was wrong. But um, I never 
accepted that that could be something that would happen to me because right. I had I had that same prejudice of well if she just would get up and quit laying She's on the just couch lazy yeah. yeah so I I I served a mission for my church and while I was on that mission it was a time of big change and a lot of pressure twenty how old nineteen twenty yeah uh, just turned twenty and. Um, I was in Taiwan. I was way down in the south. And in Taiwan, you, in the further north you go, the more of the Western influence you have. At least at that time, it was mm-hmm. that way. And so I was way down in the south. In other words, I was in the I was in the hick. I was in the sticks. You were way out there. And I wasn't eating properly. I I I didn't I didn't eat well. I had a lot of pressure and had a breakdown. Mm-hmm. It built and built, and I these obsessive thoughts started circling in my mind. And one day, it just blew apart. And um, had a complete psychotic break. Well, the the leaders were so far away that by the time they were able to get to me, figure out what was happening, I, it, it was several hours. Oh wow! And so they took me to a psychiatric hospital who administered tranquilizing injections. That's, oh wow! It was so bad. I was kicking. I was biting. I was thrashing. I was screaming. And they they had to put me out. And they had to use so much medication that I was out for a whole week. Holy cow. And during that time, they flew me back uh, to the States, and I woke up in Provo in, a, in the psychiatric ward of a hospital. And oh, man. Spent a month there. And at 20. At 20, yeah. And, you know, even at that time, even though this break happened, it was still so confusing that it was easier to believe that the things I was obsessing about, the, those obsessive thoughts in my uh-huh. mind, that was my reality. Yeah. Not that I was ill and that I needed help, even well, then. The break is in your brain. I right. mean, the break is in your thinking. It's in your thoughts. So, I mean, if I, my son broke his arm. Ambulance was called, all big extravaganza. But the break was obviously not him because it was his – I mean, it was his arm. It, well, right. he didn't. But in your head – how do you make sense That's how you make of a sense. break right. in the middle of Taiwan? You had no – I mean you, there's no way to – you yeah. have to think it through and process it through. Right. And the more I tried to do that, the way I tried to understand what was happening was with the obsessive thoughts that I was thinking. So in other words, I, I was on a, on a church mission and so I was thinking this is God. Mm-hmm. You know, this is God doing something to me. Wow. And to me that was what was really happening and it – even even being yeah. locked up in a hospital still yeah. didn't get the message through. And so I got released um, a month later and was reassigned to Billings, Montana. And did good for about a month. And But I, I still had this mindset of, I don't need this medication. This isn't doing anything. Yeah. What happened to me was this God thing. Yeah. And so I quit taking my medication and had another break that was uh. even worse than the one in Taiwan. And again tranquilizing injections yeah. biting but kicking now thrashing. you're in now you're in montana <laughs> so I, the tranquilizing injections were like probably for livestock and animals <laughs> and now probably. you're medicated again well yeah and you know that 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 could be true because to get me to the hospital it took seven guys seven i mean yeah. th- they found a state champion wrestler yeah. they had oh, they had this heavens. huge tonga guy and they had to literally carry me there because I was that psych, that psychotic energy is so strong it well, was unbelievable well, so and when we sit there in the world and we hear of some some really crazy moment of someone going um 
completely berserk mm-hmm. in an event somewhere and harming people. And I mean, that's probably a break. That's a psychological break right. that they're having. They're just manifesting what you manifested or something parallel. And a lot of times it's misunderstood by the police or yeah. by someone trying to gain oh, control exactly. of the situation that the person is on drugs. Yeah. And actually, my, my psychiatrist told me one time that the dopamine that is produced in a psychotic break is the same as some drugs, as being on some drugs. It's the wow. exact same effect. So you look high, you look out of control, and yet in reality, you well, you are out of control. Yet you're <laughs> not in your – you're not – there's no reason. To harm. Yeah, it makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, when it, when it reaches that point, I mean, there there comes a point, and I can I can identify exactly where that was because I can remember the breakdowns up to a certain point, uh-huh. and from that point, it's like booms. Yeah, there's too much of something, some kind of a chemical, and from that point, it's living a nightmare, mm. and that's literally what it is because you can see what's happening. Yeah, but you have. No control over what you're saying and doing. And then the rest of your life, your goal is to just not get near that point. Right. Catch it. Catch Identif- it. Identify it is what I say in the book. Yeah. You've got to identify that that symptom long before it gets mm-hmm. to the psychosis. But see, seriously, because we see so many events like this, and it just kind of goes down, yes, a man was caught, arrested, on downtown, going, whatever – Probably drugs induced, whatever. But in reality, it, it very well could have been a It could an have episode. been mental illness. Very well. Yeah. And, you know, we're starting to recognize mm-hmm. it. And I, I think in the police force and such, they're starting to do training to help the officers recognize when it's mental illness yeah. and, and how to handle it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, when I was having my breakdowns, they tried to talk me out of it. Like, yeah. you know, you can, like that'll work. You can, <laughs> you, can, you can get through this. This is what's happening yeah. to you. And there's just no reasoning. Mm-hmm. It's it's well, not that's why happen. having people know, then we can slow down kind of how we intervene. We can slow down what we do. It's interesting. We have such technology. It seems like we can find technology to find a way to peacefully subdue someone, which right. you know, it, without such. I mean, if you react to them like you're a drug addict trying to kill me, which is what it might look like, mm-hmm. um, well, that's a whole different approach if, than it's somebody that's just incredible that is now. Beyond the mark, right? Beyond the break, right? And the the thing to do if you're if you are in that caught in that kind of situation with a family member or a friend, and you know that person is psychotic, the thing to do is get them to the hospital as fast as you can. As get fast them as you help. can, and how whatever it takes to get them there. Yeah, and if you need help. like to have police intervention or someone intervene, explain this is probably this is a psychotic event. They're right. they're this, they're not this way. And it's not drug-induced. Let's find – I mean I used to be on an ambulance and we got many a call where we would have to find ways to get them there. And it wasn't always pretty. Right. But it, it, it was so different to know. If you think they're there to kill you because they're, they're drug – and I've seen drug-induced like rage. Yeah. I've also seen psychotic episodes and it's a whole different ballgame. And the spirit mm. of wanting to help somebody in those situations are different. I'll tell you a yeah. funny story about my second break in Montana – um, as missionaries, we had companions, and we were two by two. And when that happened, I was driving to Bozeman for a conference, and I that that those thoughts started going, started you know, and I didn't recognize this is this is coming on. I yeah. I thought this is God talking to me. Yeah, and I became totally convinced that that other person <laughs> was God, and I stopped the car and I wanted to worship him. 
And that's oh, what that's really? what my mind was on. And he was trying to get control of the situation. And the only way that he could do it was to play the role. Play God. So he would <laughs> say, "Thou shalt drive." Thou that's shalt give me said. the keys. That's what he did. He said, "I command you to give me the keys." Why? Because we're going to get God. Okay, and I did it. And that's how oh, he handled how... it was by playing the role. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, and it's thank heavens. That yeah. he figured that out, yeah. right? I mean, because that's where... Thank, he... thank heavens he had that personality. <laughs> well, and thank heavens you have Soraya. Soraya, quickly, what you were in Taiwan when he had his first episode, right? There no. about around. No. Oh, you heard about it. I heard about it after. I was in Taiwan after he had already gone home. Okay, what did you hear? Just that there was a crazy elder, crazy missionary down in the south. The, and you and heard the just, stories. Yeah, I They're heard the story that he was crazy and they yeah. had to bring him up to Taipei. And... Was he crazy or was he God? Well, we just heard we didn't. that he was crazy. <laughs> we didn't right. know. Because okay. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, and the first time on our first date when when I told her, you know, I knew I had to tell her yeah. that I had this monkey on my back. Yeah, I, I love I, that. I felt like I have to, she has to know what's going on. And so I told her this happened in Taiwan and she said, that was you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I bet your stomach dropped. I, it did for a little I bit. I, I had to think about it. <laughs> Taiwan. Oh, you guys are great. Okay, we're talking with Andy and Soraya Hogan. You can go to their website, uh, bearcanyonpress.com. We'll be back, and Andy's going to walk us through five steps to a more peaceful life with bipolar disorder. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Veteran center for the Washington Wizards, Jason Collins, became the first major U.S. athlete to come out as gay today. Collins says he wants to live truthfully after the Boston Marathon bombing showed him things can change in an instant. A Mississippi man has been charged with sending ricin-laced letters to President Obama and a senator. A judge denied him bail today, saying he is a flight risk and a danger to the community. Well over a decade after the September 11th attacks on the Twin Towers in New York City, Boeing officials are confirming a piece of one of the planes used in the attacks has been found in a narrow alley. Investigators are now trying to figure out just how the part got there. Capital punishment could become far more efficient in Florida after lawmakers passed reforms today to speed up the process. Opponents warn ending the long appeal process could lead to more innocent prisoners being executed. Churchgoers were forced to tackle and restrain a man who leaped into a choir area and began stabbing people at a mass service in New Mexico yesterday. Four people were injured in the attack, but none critically. World News Syria's prime minister has narrowly avoided death after a bomb was set off right next to his convoy in a wealthy Damascus neighborhood. Six people were killed in the blast, according to state-run media. 
Rebel forces in Syria are reporting Israeli jets have bombed regime chemical weapons facilities. So far, neither the regime nor Israeli forces have confirmed the reports, but rebels have posted video of smoke pouring out of a chemical weapons facility. And the New York Times is reporting tens of millions of dollars have been trickling into Afghan President Hamid Karzai's office, compliments of the CIA. According to the Times, the money is mainly used to pay off warlords and politicians fueling corruption in the nation. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about bipolar disorder, dealing with your mental health issues. And we have our guests today, Andy and Soraya Hogan. Um, Andy has chronic type 1 bipolar disorder, and Soraya is a loving partner with her own problems that we don't talk about. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right, Soraya? It's funny. We were talking off the air that um, it's, it's hard because we peg Andy as like the guy with the problem, yet... Everybody has a monkey on their back. It's just his probably gets highlighted more than yours. But uh, does it induce guilt for you? Like just the mere fact that uh, I got to do better. He's trying so hard and I'm just still mad about sir whatever. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Not too bad. I mean, Andy has been so open and so willing to accept his illness mm-hmm. that our communication, I think, in our marriage is very open. So, you know, the things that I'm dealing with, I'm comfortable sharing them yeah. with him. We're able to discuss them. and That's you, huge. You think it makes it easier since I, I say, yeah, I'm depressed, or then you can tell me how you're feeling. Right. I guess. I don't know. But I, I, I there's just a chemistry, I think, between us that we're both able yeah. to just, it just works for us. So I think it's, what's amazing about it is 95% of couples that have this disorder in the in the relationship divorce right so you guys are fighting you're pushing sand uphill you're you're really and you're winning but you're winning you're ahead like it's not you're there yeah we we work at it we work at it and you know the the thing about it i think if if you're not moving forward you're going backward right i feel like we're moving forward i feel at the time we got married, I mean, her, her, I was asking her dad for her hand in marriage, and her dad said, do you love her? And I said, yeah, I love her. But I think if he asked me that now, I would say oh, it's so much more yeah. enthusiastic. Now you know what love is, don't yeah. you? Yeah, because at the time it was like, this is the right thing to do. She's this pretty, feels right. she's smart, she's talented. Right. Right. Now and it's like she speaks she's Chinese. Patient. And, yeah. That was it. She speaks Chinese. She speaks that was Chinese. It. <laughs> it's hard to find a lady that speaks Chinese. An American lady. It's true, huh? So um, you wrote a book, Bipolar Disorder: Five Steps to a More Peaceful Life. So Andy, run us through these. What are the what would you what are the five steps? Okay. The first step is identify your illness and. Again, it it sounds easy enough, but it's not because everyone has highs and lows, and usually you see the surface symptoms rather than mm-hmm. this is depression at the root or this is mania at the root. How do you identify? I guess uh, you need an expert, I'm assuming, to help you. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of your family, to, yeah. your friends, those people who are close to you, they can help you see when this is beyond normal. This mm-hmm. is this is extreme. These feelings are... Are, are are not something that's normal for that person. Right. And I and, think also it's allowing yourself to trust in these family members yeah. or these support 
That's the key, isn't it? Like, being able to just trust them and you go keep with them. saying that too. That because he's so open to like actually have on the table the monkey on your back, because it's on the table. It's on the table. We've dissected it. Yeah, that, that <laughs> monkey is one dead monkey. But what's great is that if, if we're not open and we keep stuffing the monkey in the, in the, under, the, you know, under the bed or in the drawer, the monkey's not coming out. But if we, so one key right. is recognize you've Identify got Identify that. Illness. And, and the second, that leads right into the second step, which is you know it's there. Okay, now accept it. And I, I call mm. it authorize. Um, allow this monkey to be on your back because it's going to be there. And there's no shame in it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I, for a while, for a long time, I, I didn't want to authorize it because I felt this is making me – this is showing weakness. Yeah. And, you know, the opposite was true. When I faced it, when I talk about it and said I'm, I have this illness, I'm working on it, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, live with it, that's when the respect came that I was looking mm. for. That's and when I, people – go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's – I noticed when he finally – when he was writing this book, when he was – you know, kind of internalizing everything that he was experiencing, I noticed a change in him. Did you? A, a self-confidence that just came, I think, once he kind of accepted and was like, yeah. okay, this is what I'm dealing with. And and the, these these principles work with any issue. Yeah. Yeah, they I really mean, do. If you've got multiple sclerosis, you have to recognize what it is and then authorize it. Like, let it be what it is. How can you right. get help if you don't accept that you have it? Yeah, That's absolutely huge. Groundbreaking. And so once you've you've identified it, you said, okay, this I'm a person with this disorder. Then it's time to understand it. Then it's time to get educated. So that third step is understand yourself mm-hmm. and your illness because it's it's an emotional, a mental thing that just winds itself in your personality. Right. And so you've got to start saying, okay, what's me? What's the disorder? And I always say, while you're doing this, Pin the bad traits on the disorder that can change, that can be treated, <laughs> yeah. and pin the good traits on yourself yeah. and say, this is the real me. See, that's – I love that. Like that to me – I mean <laughs> I, we all do it anyway. We all pin all the bad traits on something we don't like. Uh, yeah, that's just – we have bad genes or my knee. My knee was bad. That's why I've gained weight. Um, right. But you're just saying – you. Th- what I actually think is you actually know yourself better than probably most people even though it's – you're more probably cloudy than a lot of people. But because you exert the energy to go start figuring out to figure what is out. me, what is not me, what mm-hmm. is the monkey – Right. You know yourself better. And it's, you know, I people with bipolar disorder will tell you that that mental game is constantly in your mind yeah. all the time because those obsessive thoughts just don't let go and you're trying to figure them out. So right. you really have to learn to separate, okay, this is mania right now. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling the love. I must be manic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm fe- but what I also like is there's no one bipolar you have your bipolar. It's your version. Your right. version is no one else's version. Right. And is it pretty stable? Like, is it pretty predictable for you? It is for me. Yeah. Once, and, and that leads right into the next step, which is control your illness. And that's where you get the medication. And it's a process to find a combination. Yeah. The the lingo is, um, uh, what's the drink when you have a bunch of different cocktail? A cocktail. A cocktail. Yeah, that's yeah. the lingo in the bipolar world. You, you find the right cocktail, and yeah. that means the combination the right mix. of medication. And it's not easy Mm-mm. because what works for me may not work for right. you. What's a miracle medication for Soraya yeah. might not be for another lady. And so it's, it's a process. But once you find this medication works, 
uh, the benefits are better than the side effects, yeah, right. which is something else you no, have to sure, do. sure. You've got to That's play that That's all part of, of getting control. And, it, and for some people, medication could be an option. Mm-hmm. For others like me, I have to have it. Well, and, and I bet, too, like to me, you ought to have a rule like you're drinking your cocktail always. Because yeah. it seems like it seems like when I know people that start getting healthier once they're on a cocktail of something, um, they actually say, "Ah, I don't need it." I'm, I'm feeling doing good. I really don't well, it. and you're like, "You're doing well because you're on a cocktail." Right, right, right. So you got to stick to your cocktail. So that's that's a part of getting control. Another part is um, not just not just controlling with medication, but in your life. You know, mm-hmm. get direction. Figure out where you want to go. Uh, for me, that meant my family, and that was, you know, when when I was not doing these things and I was hurting my wife, it was taking me the opposite direction. Yeah. And so, find find a reason to get better. So you found some internal, it's external, but you found something that motivates you more than just you being healthy, right? Like your wife, like my Soraya. wife. Yep. And your kids. Like Soraya will and kill me kids. if I'm not healthy. <laughs> or Soraya is so incredible. We want to be good for Soraya. Right. We and want we want this marriage to work. And, um, you know, for others that could mean find faith. Mm-hmm. Find faith. And for me that was key as well. Well, that's too. We, we've been talking about that at a break. To have a faith or a belief that someday you can live – when you die, this will be taken away and you can finally go live in peace again. Yes. And be the you yep. that you want to be. Yeah, that provides hope. And That's also huge. prayer was a big thing for me too, you know, calling on a higher power because I believe that higher power is stronger than this disorder. And that's oh, saying yeah. something because the disorder is so much. And if that's there's cool. one power that's stronger, I believe it comes from above. I love that. So and that's your fourth one is get control one. of it. And the last one is heighten your life. Heighten it. Don't be afraid to live a life where your dreams are coming true. And uh, in my book, I talk about realistic dreams, not not the fantasy dreams that just happen, but dreams that you work toward, mm-hmm. and you and and they come about through your work. Maybe extra creative energy through mania or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But heighten your life. Believe that you can. Don't listen to that depression. Now you know what it is. You know that depressive voice is talking to you. Mm-hmm. Start to push it away and say nope. I'm I'm not afraid to live a heightened life. I'm not going to listen to depression that tells me you can't do that. Yeah, you're, you're no good. good. That's that's depression talking. See, um, live a heightened life. I think, too. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you're talented. You're gifted. You're smart. You've got everything. If all you've got's a monkey on your back, and you know the monkey's on your back, right? Well, everyone's supposed to live a heightened life. And that that monkey. Is always talking in your ear, yeah. and it's it's you know it, it takes a a conscious decision to say I'm not going to listen to that voice. Mm-hmm. I know what that is, even though it's in my mind all the time. You know, for me, part of that part of depression is guilt and yeah. perfectionism. Yeah, because my mind thinks I'm. What's this feeling? Oh, I must have done something I wrong. I must not be good enough. Yeah, something's and not so right. To make that conscious decision to say no. No, that's depression. You did nothing wrong, you know. And if I do something wrong, then of course yeah. I need to fix it. But if if I can look back and say this is depression talking to me, then I can put that out of my well. Not every time. Yeah. When I you know well, just make a know, conscious decision. Well, even if you know it's going to swing, it'll swing back, and I'm going to deal with that. I mean, if you can deal with it in the neutral zone, if there is a neutral zone. And in, there can be. If you can deal there with it in be. the neutral zone, not in the extremes, it's almost like you got to catch it. 
That's what we try to do. You might miss anymore. it, and we'll just catch it the next time. <laughs> We've That's learned. Interesting. We've tell gotten me, it down. Tell so. me about you, Soraya, because what's your advice? Of Here is a woman, talented, smart, speaks Chinese, <laughs> could go out and find a guy without a monkey on his back, and yet you wouldn't have it any other – I mean, this is, you, wouldn't have it, you wouldn't have another guy. This is the one you want. Why? Well, when we first met, Andy had a sense of – he was just the most genuine person I'd ever met. And there was just something there that I was able to see, you know, beyond the mental illness. And, you know, I took some time to research and think about it. And I just knew it was the right thing for me. And – Excuse me. I just no, go got ahead. to say that she wrote she wrote a love note once, right, when we were thinking about getting engaged. And in that note, she said, I'm not afraid to work. Oh, wow. And that's what Soraya does is she works so hard to make this relationship. That's well, amazing. But so does he. I yeah. mean, you know, we both give equally yeah. to this relationship. And I think that's why it's working because, you know, it's not one great person uh-uh. and one not great person. I mean, it's two people who want it to work and so we're just trying to make it work. What advice would you give, Soraya, to all of these people out there who are driving home and whether their spouse has the bipolar monkey or just the anxiety monkey or the depression monkey or just the lazy monkey? <laughs> um, what What would you say to those spouses, those partners that, you know, that are maybe thinking, I got to give up. This isn't worth it. Well, that's a tough one, yeah. you know. It's everyone's different. Yes, you're right. Everyone is different. I think first of all, I would I would look deep into my own heart. I would consider all the factors, you know, mm-hmm. what we've done together, what do we have together. There's a lot to give There's up. You had lot. two kids. Right. Well, and it sounds like too, you also lived the same you need to live the same five principles that Andy was just going exactly. over. Exactly. And if you live those, you still – if you can't heighten your life after that, then that might tell you maybe it is time to let someone go. Right. Um, Right. But you also don't need to ever let anyone go with anger and hatred and frustration. You should let them go with understanding and compassion. Right. Because that's better for you. Well, and I think, you know, that – educate yourself. I mean, you know, if I didn't know or understand what was going on with him and I thought this was just – you know, he was just – He's just copping out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or it's just a personality flaw or something, then it would be frustrating. Oh, yeah. But understanding and knowing that this is an illness, this is something that he can't control, you know, there's a part of me that has compassion for him. And, oh, yeah. you know, I hurt for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of back to faith, I think, you know, Andy and I both believe in a higher power. Yeah. And that, you know, I turn to that a lot to see, you know, to ground myself and to make my decisions based on. Yeah. You know my belief in God. Isn't it so. interesting? Because who else could you talk? I mean, you've you've read everything, you've seen everything. When some when he's going through a moment, and you are all alone again to kind of face it, where else could you go? You could. Who else? Right. I mean, there's nothing else that could be said except that it's something that could just talk to your heart that just says, "I've got you." Right. Well, I've there are you. moments that oh, I sure. cry. I mean, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, hey, me too. Know, every... Just driving home after the show. Right. <laughs> But it's but you right. so even when you feel down, you have something that can kind of center you again if right. you can remember to get back to that. Right. Know. Yeah. You guys are amazing. How would it be 
Uh, I mean, it's funny it's because not, it's not. You're like, it's not that great, Matt. You don't want this. You got yeah, it good. Don't, come, don't, come, don't. Talk to, come talk to me at six in the morning I and know. see how pleasant I am. It's so because I, I said I'm the same way, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm sure not anywhere near where you are. But it's everyone's got their thing, don't they? And that's what I think is neat is that you you've if you can make this work with all the odds against you and so really little faculties once you're not you. You know, once you're out and swinging, it, it you, you you just almost have to wait for it to swing back. Exactly. There's nothing to do but to notice, hey, I guess I'm swinging because if it feels so good, I must be manic. Right, <laughs> right. And that's what I, you know, it's taken, we've, we've been married for 17, 18, 18 years. And it's taken, it's taken probably 17 and a half of those years for us to, to figure out, you know, let it go. Mm-hmm. This is mania, or this is depression, yeah. and um, just <laughs> don't yeah. don't feel like you have to fix it right now in the moment when there's that heat and there's that you know that yeah. irritability or that obsessive thinking to realize what it is and to have the the willpower to over overpower that drive. Mm-hmm. It's just. Mm, I it's just so have to. You. I have to resolve this right now. It seems like. Um, What's great about it too is the 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 longer you go while focusing and learning, the better you actually get, even though it's random and awkward and weird. So it's kind of like playing with a toy that doesn't work right. So you never know how mm-hmm. it's going to throw when you throw it. Right. But at first, it just shocks you, and you can never catch it. But once you kind of start catching on to some of the patterning, you start anticipating a little bit better, knowing a little bit better, feeling a little bit safer. So if you're just barely getting it, and maybe the writing the book helped. It helped a lot, yeah. I, what's amazing is what is 10 years from now going to have for you? But then it's kind of, oh, then you're going to get old. Life. Then your chemistry will change. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. It's yeah. constantly working It's powerful, it. though. Right, and medication changes you well, know, too, how it really. affects you when you take it long term. So we don't know. Well, we and, don't know. Well, and exact plus is everything else will change. So your ability to even recognize or anticipate, you might be able to get more scans done that will tell you ahead of time certain things or, I mean. Or a medication that doesn't have side effects. Uh-huh. I'm waiting for that one. Oh, <laughs> won't that be great? Okay, go fix that. So if you're out there and you're a researcher, get the medication with less side effects. Come on, be researching that. Again, we want to wrap up the show. Thank you so much to both of you, uh, Andy and Soraya Hogan. Um, you can find them at Bear Canyon Press. Go check out their books. One of them is Bipolar Disorder, Five Steps to a More Peaceful Life, plus Bipolar Disorder in Truth. That's his whole story that uh, only he could publish. I call it my crazy story. The crazy truth. Literally crazy. (laughs) We love the Hogans. Thanks for joining us. And we'll be back uh, to wrap up the show right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Tomorrow night, BYU TV provides solutions to friendship problems and witch doctors. First, Arthur's friendships are put to the test after a failed class project on granite flats. Finally, the world's most unlucky coach catches a break when he finds the vine-swinging Nanu. But opposition awaits in the form of a powerful witch doctor. Watch the world's greatest athlete. Whether it's trouble with friends or witch doctors, the solution is here tomorrow night on BYU TV. 
This is Charlene Hawks with another BYU alumni life-changing moment. Kelsey Nixon always knew she wanted to host her own TV cooking show. After coming to BYU, it was two professors who surprised Kelsey with a kitchen set and an iProvo cable TV appearance and show. Heading into my freshman year at BYU, I knew two things, that I loved food and that I loved television. My professors at BYU inspired me to pursue those passions, and it made all the difference. They were extremely supportive of my crazy idea to create and host a cooking show and helped me bring this dream to life. I'm forever grateful to BYU for helping me get started. Kelsey went on to film 100 episodes and today is host of Kelsey's Essentials on the Cooking Channel. Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu slash update. Remember when, remember why. BYU alumni connected for good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. So appreciate the Hogans and their great insight on dealing with bipolar disorder as a couple. Seriously, uh, seriously uplifting. Oh, I love that. So whether it's bipolar or any other disease, any other disorder, any other monkey on your back, there's hope. Do not give up. There's hope. If they can make bipolar disorder work, you can make yours work. Merritt's joining us now. Merritt, what have we got? Okay, I have some ideas for how you can help those who have mental illness. Love it. Okay. Yeah, so I have a friend who has some severe mental illnesses, and it's always been a concern for me that you don't exactly know how to go about it. And a lot of the stigma that surrounds mental illness makes it seem something like something that is very scary and dangerous and that you're absolutely hopeless and can't do anything. So I put together some steps. Okay, let's hear So first is educate yourself. And I feel like this is absolutely the most important thing. We just had this great guest on who educated us all on bipolar disorder. And now, you know, when you have that sort of experience with it, you can... It doesn't seem as scary. Yeah. And you know that it's real and that people deal with it and Mm -hmm. that... They're really nice people. It's not yeah. crazy. Well, and I've even you know, found it's not psycho. When I deal shower. with people, yeah. they know they have issues, and if you ask them what they think they have, they already have ideas. Like yeah. they know, yeah. they just don't want to go accept it. So it's hard to educate when they won't accept it. But it doesn't mean you can't get educated. Exactly. So you need to be very aware of what the mental illness is. Yeah. And then one of my other steps is to be a stigma buster. Don't let people get away with saying. Oh, you know, they're just crazy yeah. or, you know, they they yeah. can't take care of themselves. They're always going to be this way because even though you're always going to live with the mental illness, you really can, in most cases, help it out a ton. Uh-huh. And so and that stigma that surrounds it keeps a lot of people from getting the treatment they need to. And I know with this friend in particular, she was really, really afraid and she has is always really afraid mm-hmm. to admit that she has these problems and to admit to herself that she has these problems yeah. because she doesn't want to be that person. Yeah, she doesn't want to. And, and, and by the way, that's there's just other... I know a guy that has um, ADD or ADHD. He doesn't want to admit it. Exactly. I, I have a brother with a chronic illness. I've nothing to do with no his mental wants, health. Yeah, but no he doesn't want to admit that either. It's, it's a very sad thing. So then you have to go through life pretending. And then everyone's like, well, he's so normal. But he's, so he's obviously just a jerk because yeah. he didn't do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sad. Be a stigma buster. Yes. Um, I also have two 
offer help to families with people with, who have persons with mental illness because when there are people with mental illness, it takes a lot of the family's other time. Yeah. And it, that person will get most of the attention and most of the energy for quite a while until yeah. they get things under control. And so if you can offer help to those people, bring them meals, yeah. spend time with their kids. Help just, run errands yeah, for them. Yeah, exactly. That's going to do huge. major things to help them. I love that. Um, and then I also have to advocate. You can um, get tell, out. Yeah, get out Talk. and tell other people what it really is like to have a mental illness. And obviously, um, Andy is a great example of that. Yeah. Don't Absolutely you think? awesome. And it's uh, the, the spirit of them as just a couple, it feels so. It feels so much better to talk about it as openly as they do because otherwise we just see stories of somebody that you know has a mental health issue and they're now being arrested or tased and thrown into jail for shooting a bunch of people. Yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, we have – so it just remains the stigma. But then mm-hmm. you have the Andy and, and Soraya come in and it makes it real. Yeah, and the reality of, of it is that even though we hear about those violent crimes, those persons with mental illness – are in fact more often the victims of crimes because they aren't able to take care of themselves. They get taken advantage of exactly. more. Yeah, a lot of the people that are on the street have mental uh, health issues or mental illness. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. I have a few more points. Okay. Um, one is families should really look into going to support groups and learning how to deal with that. Um, and you can find information about that Love pretty it. much anywhere. Yep. And the last thing is to just be a friend because really that's what they need the most is somebody who's going to stick with it and be great to them to the end and to accept that they have this mental illness so they can accept in themselves. And um, also if you need more information, you can go onto the national association, What's national that? Alliance for mental illness. It's N A M I.org. Okay. N A M I. Yeah. And then also org. the national Institute for mental health, which is N I M H.org. N-I-M-H.org. Yeah, they have great resources. Merit, good work. Thank you. Changing the world one show at a time. That's the goal. Seriously, let's go take care of people. Everybody has value. Everybody is worth the fight. Everybody is worth the, uh, the battle. We've all got a monkey on our back, right? It's time that we start dealing with our own. Please take care of each other. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow with more ideas, tools to give you a leg up on this crazy thing we call life. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow.